0: Use the code BBQNation at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, do studios in Portland, here's JT. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host. Hall of Famer, Ms. Leanne Whippin, Dave and Chris and the rest of the crew and Joe, the ice cream man there wandering around in the back. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. We're going to tell you a little bit more about Painted Hills and a special that they have going for Barbecue Nation listeners. Well, today we're very fortunate. We've got Allie Romero on it on the show with us. If you don't know Allie, um. She does a lot of things, and we're going to find out as much as we can in the next hour. But um, she's a recipe developer, she's a brand ambassador, and she's a, a, a writer and a blogger, and appears on TV and does all that kind of stuff. And she does private chef catering for people. And Allie, welcome. And I have one question for you to start out with What's for dinner?
1: <laughs> you know the tagline that keeps on giving. Uh, yeah. Thank you, first of all, for uh, having me, and it's a pleasure to kind of meet both of you in person over our Zoom call. So thank you for for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. But yeah, what's for dinner was a tagline that my dad used to wake up at eight in the morning, and I would be driving our then young kids to school, and he would he was the kind of guy who was the ultimate foodie, and so at eight a.m. he would wake up and automatically start thinking what's for dinner because in his mind it was something that you get up, you think about, and you plan your day kind of not around it necessarily, but you always have it in mind. It's not a five o'clock. Oh my gosh. Scattered situation at all. So now my kids ask me what's for dinner early in the morning and, um, it makes me happy and makes me think of my dad.
0: Well, good. Um, around the Tracy household. And I don't know about the Whippin household, but we kind of do the latter of your examples there. <laughs> about, about six o'clock. <laughs> we're looking like, what, what do you, what do you got? You know, that type of thing. So many
1: people do, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: can relate to what she's saying though because my daddy was a pilot so he flew internationally he was always on like a warped zone you know time zone so it kind of was when i woke up you know he was thinking about dinner too so i definitely <laughs> can relate to that. But I don't remember-
1: get me wrong i'm not one of those people who can like say okay on a sunday i'm having the entire you know week planned out that's definitely not you know i don't go that far but you know it is something that i try to think about earlier in the day.
0: Not yeah. to not to get off the, the hinges on this, but I remember as a kid, my mom would set something out, uh, like out of the freezer. We lived in a very rural area, and so we had freezers full of meat. And she would go grab a roast, steaks, chicken, whatever it was. And, and you know, I'm old enough because I was born in a previous century that um, we didn't know much about food safety. We just sat stuff on the counter and (laughs) nobody died and nobody got sick and the dogs all lived. But I'm telling you, that's what she did every morning. And so I'd have this little note on the table that said, put the baked potatoes in at four 30, you know, at three 75 or whatever she prescribed at that time. Anyway, how did you get started in all this? I know you were, you know, with your dad and food was been a, integral part of your life. But how did you get started in first deciding to write a food blog and then take it further?
1: So that's a great question because it it is exactly that. It has been a a journey of just kind of a completely organic process that started really with my dad inspiring me with a love of food and cooking and having a glass of wine at the end of the day and really enjoying the process, which, like I said, I know isn't what everybody does, but it's something that I really enjoy the process. Um, Sometimes we eat a little bit later than probably we should because I enjoy the process and a glass of wine. (laughs) 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 But um, to me, they go hand in hand. So, um, so my, I lost my dad in 2013. And so that was just 10 years ago in March. And at that point I decided I really was so interested, I wanted to keep learning. I think if you find something that you are really passionate about that you just become almost like obsessed with it and you wanna learn more and you wanna know what things you don't know. And it's, you know, I I grew up watching Food Network um, back when they used to be teaching shows on TV, you know, Giada De Laurentiis, and um, Tyler Florence, and Bobby Flay, and Ina Garten. I mean, those four, if they ever had a show on, I was watching the show, you know, it was just on in the background. So I really decided I wanted to go back to, go to culinary school and um, further my education. I knew how to cook for a family of five, but how do you scale that for cooking for 200? That was where I kind of needed to gain knowledge. And so I did culinary school, And then that's when I started the food blog. And that was really a way to just kind of like share recipes with, the world and kind of an online community, as well as the things I was learning in culinary school. So I did that and kind of one thing led to another that that led to um, a producer contacting me back when the Chew was on on new at noon on ABC. And they said, Can we show one of your, you know, carnitas recipes um, in a you on the Chew showdown. And so my recipe competed in one I wasn't there in person, but that was kind of the first little baby step. And then from there, it um, evolved into a cooking competition on Good Morning America, where I dragged my husband along with me because it was for couples. And so that recipe was a, I know you were just talking about pork tenderloin before we came on, but it was an apple cider brined pork tenderloin with mango salsa and roasted pancetta Brussels sprouts. And so that recipe won as well. And so we had this huge trophy with like these fake veggies, like spewing out of the top. It was like two feet, two and a half feet tall. And we walked through JFK with that. The producer was like, do you want <laughs> to take it with you? I'm like, absolutely. Like I'm yeah. taking <laughs> <laughs> home with me to, at that point in California, so uh, so the trophy came home, and and then uh, about a year ago, I was um, invited by a publisher to to publish my very first cookbook, and so it really was an organic process and kind of just putting it out to the world to see where it would lead, um, and so that's the, the where I'm at right now, and mm-hmm. I just completed my first manuscript for an outdoor cooking uh, cookbook that will be published next spring, so I'm really excited about it because I put my heart and soul into it. Well, good for you. Yeah, congratulations. Le- Leanne, do Thank you remember
0: you. when you got your first call from a TV producer?
2: I remember getting something in the mail, actually. <laughs> it, it, it was a big, thick packet about competing on a you know a barbecue show, and I thought it was a joke. And then um, I, I found out from some of my friends that they were contacted as well, and, that, and then I knew it was legit. And it's a weird feeling. You're like, really? Why would they want me on TV? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But whatever. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I yeah, you never know how they find you sometimes. I mean, at that point, you always think, OK, there's always so many more people that have more of a social media presence or more, you know, subscribers right. on YouTube or more followers on Instagram. And it's like, how do they find you? But, you know, I think that they spot kind of what they're, you know, looking for. And with you, obviously, it's been, you know, a over right. And side. I think after a while, you kind of get on a list,
2: you know, and you're yeah. called a lot, you know, Right, but anyway.
0: Yeah, they it called is. me. I was doing a show in um, Scottsdale and I got this call. And I'm not really good about answering my phone if I don't know who the caller is. You mm-hmm. know, I'll let it go to voicemail and then I call them back uh, if appropriate. But I got this call and they said, can you be in Atlanta in three days? And I was like, yeah well, we want you to do this show. And so I finished up in Arizona. uh, Same thing, flew home, flew to Atlanta. It really wasn't in Atlanta. It was down in Macon, but a long story short, um, it rained the whole whole time we were there. It was supposed Uh to be an outdoor deal and it rained. So they moved us indoors and uh, it's another whole story. But I do remember that very well. And just like you said, how in the hell did you get me? You You know, White,
1: and white. it was it was surprising, I think, too. One thing that surprised me the most about TV and TV producers was that for the two for um, Good Morning America. And then I also was on the Food Network on the great food truck race up in Alaska. But all three of those were surprisingly very quick, like just like you just described. It was like, can you be available to go do this in like a day or two days? And very, very like quick moving. It surprised mm-hmm. me.
0: Yeah, and we all three got rich doing it, didn't we? Oh,
2: yeah, (laughs) rolling. (laughs) So, Allie,
0: when you're working on a recipe, um, because Leanne and I do this stuff all the time, but I'm, I'm always interested to hear, what is the impetus? I mean, do you see something? And mentally kind of go, I can put this and this together and, and, and make something out of it. Or do you see a classic recipe or just another recipe? It doesn't have to be a classic one, but you say, you know, I could do that, but I think I could do it a little different and maybe the result would be better.
1: I think the latter, I mean, I think inspiration for, you know, people who are kind of in this sort of a creative space comes from so many places. So for me, it's usually I've either had something at a restaurant or I've seen it online or I've seen somebody make it. And then I've either had the original and then I think, okay, how can I kind of tweak it and make it mine or how can I add another component to like elevate it a little bit, or like you said, try to make it a little bit better to my, you know, in my mind. Um, but that's really where it comes from. And I have notebooks and notebooks of recipes. So what I do is I write and I am a very type A person, but this is my creative space. You know, I'm it's funny because, you know, I you have that balance. Right. But I have um, I have notebooks where if I get an idea, oftentimes I can write a recipe before I even cook it. So I'll think about it. I'll write down what ingredients I think, you know, should go into it. And then, um, and then I cook it, and I kind of tweak it as I go, and then I, you know, kind of go from there. But a lot of times, that's the first step is just writing it down, and then I'll cook it, and then, like I said, and then if I make it again, I'll tweak it, and I'll either give it like a, okay, it's good to go, or it needs some work, and and then it it, it stays there. So it's it's in my collection.
0: There you go. I use post-it notes, Leanne, what do you do? Do you actually write it down or I, cause I do. The thing I, that
2: I do is that I don't write anything down and I'll make something and it'll come out great. And I'll be so mad at myself. I'll be like, I gotta write that down. And then I forget to write it down. My sister and I talk about that all the time because we'll be like, That was so good. That one dish that we made, uh, do you, did you write down the recipe? No, but I said, I was going to, you know, we
0: don't. (laughs) And you you have total recall, right? You bring back everything.
2: Well, sometimes, you know, a portion of it, but it is nice to have a recipe and Mm -hmm. I, that is one of my downfalls. And I think it's important to write things down and it's a good thing with you writing a book now, um, or, you know, I don't know if you've completed it or not, but I think you'll find that tool extremely helpful. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah.
0: All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Ali Romero, uh, here on the nation with, uh, Leanne and myself stay with us and thank you for listening, but we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on USA Radio Networks and a million different podcast platforms. I think we're almost there, Leanne. Almost a minute. I don't know. That's there, good. We're, we're Who's everywhere. counting, right? Okay. Yeah, who's counting? <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you can a couple of easy ways. You can you know send us uh, DMs on Facebook or any of the platforms, Twitter, what have you. Um, or you can go to barbecue com. It's just all spelled out the letters BBQ Nation jt.com and there's a little uh, communications box at the bottom and you can type a note in and um, send it to us I always share them with Leanne uh unless they're 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 praising her too much I got to keep her in check so I don't share those <laughs> with her but other than that uh we'll do that um uh, we've got Allie Romero with us today Allie you live in Texas is that correct
1: Yes, we live in the Dallas, Texas area, and we've been here for almost two years now. With my, my husband and our three kids. We have a daughter in college at TCU, and then we have two boys that are going into eighth and twelfth tomorrow, actually. Wow, hands full. <laughs> uh, do you ever go to the World Food Championships in Dallas? Not yet. We haven't I made it go yet. This
2: year. No. Yeah, we we need to. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Unbelievable food.
0: She, she knows of what she speaks, Allie. Right.
2: I'm gonna
1: take. I've competed
2: in it, but I've also um, I'll be judging. I hope this year. Uh, but it is. It's a wonderful experience, and you get chefs, whether it's you know a home cook or professional chefs, and it's really interesting to see. I mean, some of these dishes you put in front of me, and I wouldn't know if it was somebody you know who Mm. had a degree or you know had experience Mm. or not. They're just so talented, everyone great food where where yeah. does it take place um it's in dallas at oh i forget the name of the convention center but it's okay. online because you can get tickets now so oh great okay so it's coming up yeah it's in november
1: yeah i love that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i'm gonna yeah. check that out for sure you should. You. it's great
0: yeah. ali how uh how has texas you know texas if you talk to a texan i've got them in my family and uh you know they they I had to throw that in. Um when you especially when you're talking barbecue, hence the name of this show. You know, if you talk to a Texan, that's that's it. That's the barbecue is from Texas, right? Yeah. But how has living in Texas the last couple of years influenced your your cooking, your style? You you're just finishing a book or you have about outdoor cooking. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But has Texas made a big difference or influence on you?
1: I think definitely. I mean, we've been here, like I said, it, it's only a year and a half. So in December, it will be two years. So I still consider us fairly new. But of course, you know, the Texas barbecue is unreal. And every chance we get, we're checking out, you know, where are the top 50 spots, like trying to try as many of the different places as we can, um, because I, I, I lo- we love barbecue as a family. And, you know, I think that um, everywhere you live or everywhere you travel to, at least from my bringing and kind of where I come from, because I was born in New Zealand, lived in Hawaii, then lived in California. now we're in Texas. We, we like to travel as a family. And I feel like wherever you go and wherever you travel and wherever you live, those influences really impact um, your, your culinary style because you pick up things along the way, or you pick up things that are like, oh, wow, I didn't think of it doing it that way. That's a different way. And I want to try that. So, um I, there's so much to learn. I mean, there's so much, you know, like I said, we're still considered pretty newbie out here in Texas, but, but I, but I'm really enjoying it and I can't wait to kind of like explore it a lot further.
0: That's interesting because when I I moved to Arizona, when I got out of high school and then subsequently over to Southern California, I had never heard of a, of a cheese crisp or a quote unquote quesadilla until I moved to Arizona and then they were everywhere, you know, at at, at the drive-thru, but I didn't know what they were uh you know i was 18 at the time so you got to cut me a little slack on that but uh right. i think those influences are 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 important to people's mm-hmm. palates and their their culinary skills um so tell us about your outdoor cooking and your outdoor cooking book we'll break it down into two parts but had you done out a lot of outdoor cooking, a lot of barbecue, smoking, grilling, whatever it is, your, is your deal there uh, before you came to Texas?
1: Yes. So I I'm a private chef. um, And so really barbecue, smoking, grilling, griddling all of that is a component of what I do. I mean, it's, I do a lot of indoor cooking obviously as well, but I really enjoy it and being in California for, you know, 25 years, It was really an outdoor experience where it's about friends and family and community. And when it's not 108 in Texas for the last (laughs) two months or whatever, I'm sure it's hot in Arizona, too, but where you want to be outside. and, And it's like a community type building experience. Again, like for me, cooking is and eating together is an experience. It's something that you're doing together. And so I think cooking outside is really, it really elevates that experience. And so um, I've been involved with Traeger as a brand ambassador with them for, I think it's maybe the last five or six years. So I've cooked on um, two or three different um Traeger models, as far as smoking, I mean, grilling, I'm always doing a lot of grilling. We have a griddle, you know, we just used that last night to fire up some fajitas. And then I also have a birch barrel um, where it's kind of, you know, like a cauldron style over uh, lump charcoal. And it's more of a, a a grill experience over live fire versus a gas grill, you know, in that regard. So mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed cooking outside. Um, and, then, and then this cookbook kind of takes – uh you know basically anything you can cook out inside outside so it's it's barbecue recipes that i created but it really kind of goes beyond that with more of like my culinary spin on it
0: that sounds fun Uh Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to put it together
1: (laughs) a year so it was a year and then the manuscript was due you know at the end of may and now we've been working through the editing process kind of back and forth and and uh, next will be the design. So I'm really excited about it, how it's coming together. I mean, like I said, I think when you put out your first cookbook, it's just like your your little baby. It's a two year process and it's just you you really put your heart and soul into it. And then you just, um, you know, it's all of your creativity kind of like in one place where you're putting it on another level out to the world. Like I've been doing since I started my blog in 2016, but, you know, kind of putting it out in a new way. So I'm very excited about it.
0: Did you have any reservations about doing it when you started?
1: Yeah, it's a lot. I think what really helps me, like Leanne mentioned earlier, was that I do have notebooks. I mean, if and when, you know, if if it all goes well and there's another cookbook in my future, I mean, I I probably have two or three cookbooks worth of material already, or at least ideas already already written down.
0: We're gonna take another break. We're gonna be back with Ali Romero. Uh Ms. Leanne and myself will be joining her again. So please stay with us. You're listening to Barbecue Nation. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So, all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the nation. I'm JT along with Leanne and we've got Allie Romero today. Remember to stop the show. I I told you about our friends at Painted Hills, natural beef. Uh, This, you know, the tagline there and very appropriate is beef the way nature intended. But if you go to their website and you order something at their online store, all you do is there's a little thing on the bottom left hand of the screen that says, do you have a code or a coupon? I like the word coupon. all you have to do is type in BBQ Nation, 15% off your order there, and uh, you'll have some, some of the best beef in the world. And also, drum roll, please, uh, Miss Leanne's uh, pig powder. Um, this was created by her father, and it's still being championed for a very good reason by Hall of Famer um, Leanne Whippin. here. It was awarded the best rub on the planet. A lot of pit masters use it. And uh, you can get it directly by going to pigpowder.com. It is in some retail locations, but mostly it's a uh, uh, direct mail type thing. And um, I always say Leanne will send you an autographed picture. Uh, I don't know if she will or she won't, but she might sign the box for you. Anyway, yeah. go to go to pigpowder.com. Now let's get back to our conversation with uh, Allie Romero. Allie, um, actually, I'd like both you and Leanne to answer this question because I popped into my head at the break. Is it more important when you're developing a recipe and you're doing the testing phase of it? Now, when I do a recipe, I just cook it and make everybody eat it, and they don't get to say much. But um, is it more important to please your palate or the people you're cooking for? Uh,
2: Absolutely, my palate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no question. Uh well, I would hope that um we're all in the same wavelength. So it would, you know, appeal to, you know, myself and everyone I'm cooking for because that's the goal. I'm not doing it really for me. I'm doing it for the people that are gonna enjoy it. So it, hopefully it's a win-win for everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah. Allie. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um I think that it's you know, it it's something that that I do because it brings me joy to feed people and to see them enjoying the food also. So I I get it to the point where I'm tasting as I'm cooking and as I'm going and I'm like, okay, this is exactly if I was sitting down in a restaurant or where in however I'm serving it, how I would want to eat it. And so, you know, I'm I'm hoping that I'm passing that on to my guests or my family to enjoy and that they're having that stay and they're enjoying it as I am.
0: How do you know when you gotta a winner. I mean, I I know my parameters for that when I cook something and and you know, people say, "Hey, that's great," or whatever. But how do you both of your thought processes? How do you know when you've got a real winner or when it's just kind of, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but it's not exciting?
2: I know it immediately. I mean, I know if I'm if I am going to make it again, it's a winner. Otherwise, I like to keep trying new recipes. So Um, I just know, I know, I mean, and I know that if I'm serving it to guests or whatever, usually it's family and they're very honest with me and they're going to tell me if it's a hit or not, or if it's okay, you know, they're they're pretty good about that. So I don't know about you, Allie, but that's how it works. Yeah,
1: I I mean, 100%. I think I think it's about being honest with yourself too. I mean, you know, you know, and I I know also when you taste something and you're like, okay, it's good, you know, like, or like I said, I mean, I just put needs work or come back around to, you know, maybe add something different to it to give it that extra little like pop. But I think that when it's good and you take that first bite and you kind of like look around the table, like you wait for that reaction because you know, you knocked it out of the park. And I think you just know it.
2: I uh, will age myself a little bit here, but before computers really were the thing for recipes, um, you know, I would get my subscription to Bon Appetit and all the food Mm -hmm. magazines. And a lot of those were a good basis for me or gave me a lot of ideas, but everything was handwritten on an index card. And I Mm -hmm. have bazillions of them. Mm -hmm. And when I would hit on something that I knew was really good, I would take these little sticky things and I'd magic marker them in red. So they'd stick up like little tabs. And (laughs) then I knew, and it was all categorized of course. And then I knew that those were my favorites and those were my hits. They were all the red
1: tabs and I still have them to this day. Yeah. That's great. I mean, everybody's got their system. Yep.
0: Well, like I said, mine's on post-it notes. So just like,
2: <laughs>
0: I have know. some
1: of those too. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Cook hamburger and boom, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. What What's the biggest thing you've learned? Do you think since, you know, you went through school, you're, you're being a private chef, you're doing some catering here and there or whatever you're doing. But um, what do you think is the biggest thing you've learned through this process?
1: Um, I mean, that's a good question. There's so many ways that could go. I think, I think learning about different people's, um, palates or like, you know, now it seems like there's a lot of dietary restrictions that kind of come into play, whether it's with trying to cut out gluten or cut down on sugar or, um, so that has been a constant kind of like evolving learning process because, um, It challenges me to think, Okay, I want to make something, you know, that's usually with a a breading or like a dredging station and but they're gluten free or, you know, so it's like thinking of what are those other, you know, flour alternatives or, you know, arrowroot or, you know, just just different ingredients that you can bring in to kind of get around some of the dietary restrictions. I'd say it's kind of an ongoing learning process, because our family doesn't have dietary restrictions. So I'm usually just free to kind of cook. Um, So that I would say is learning. But but really, for me, it's just kind of starting off on day one with like, you know, when you when you start putting it out there, and then just kind of seeing where it would go. I mean, never in a million years, after watching Food Network, all of those years, did I ever think I would end up on a Food Network show. And I think it's just knowing that if you believe in what you're doing and you work hard at it, that, you know, you can put it out there and and things can happen.
0: If you saw me in person, you would know that I have absolutely no dietary restrictions. (laughs) Right, Leanne? (laughs) Careful.
2: No comment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll have to tell you, uh, Allie, Leanne has been on the show now. Coming up on two years, um and it's been great because she acts as my foil sometimes because i can be the class clown that's how you do what i do you have to be a goofball sometimes but uh she's absolutely fantastic to work with and uh and then she can be very diplomatic like she just was there so (laughs) that's a good thing what's what let's take that question that last one ali a little further what's the biggest thing you think you've learned about cooking outdoors and, and grilling smoking any pick one doesn't matter
1: um what have i learned about outdoors i mean really that there's just so many different ways there's not just one way to do everything right so um you know as far as you know, you look at something like ribs, and then you start with even the cut. And are you doing baby back? Or are you doing St. Louis style? And then are you gonna wrap? Are you gonna let them go? Are you gonna do the foil boat method? I mean, are you all these different things that that, you know, you you look online? And, and I don't think that it's just like, there's one specific way that you have to do things to still get a great result. I mean, there's certainly ways that are going to end up with a better result. But, but it's just kind of like cooking is fun. So I think it's just um, trying to be creative and, and learn, okay, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to make like a big barbecue type meal and I wanted to put together a potato salad, like why can't I go smoke the potatoes and throw them on the smoker and add just one little extra, you know, element of smoke to the dish before I kind of, you know, mash them up and and put them with, with all the other ingredients. Or I think it's just kind of playing with it and, and just kind of thinking like getting outside the box a little bit to like, what else? What else can I do? How how else can I try this? That's a little bit different because you never know what could happen.
0: You have not put your toe in the water with the great Texas brisket wars, have you?
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna stay away from the brisket wars. Um, yeah, I, I like to I'm like to observe and like I said I'm always wanting to like learn and grow in these you know areas and and a lot of a uh, lot of expert uh, brisket brisket making going on around here.
0: Do yourself a favor. Stay a friend of this show, and if you ever do do a brisket and you put images on Twitter or whatever, don't squeeze it. Ray Lampy and Leanne <laughs> will come and and physically assault you if you right. do that, right. and I that's will too. Thing. I'll back them up. So yeah,
1: that's <laughs> the big thing. I've seen it. You know, that's that's what you see. The brisket. Yeah. Everyone's got to show how juicy it is.
0: Just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It drives us old timers crazy, doesn't it there, no, Miss yes. Leanne? It does that. Yes. What does your family think of all this? I'm sure they're supportive. I mean, no, no husband in the world is going to tell his wife not to do something like this or vice versa. But overall, is your family really uh, excited for you? Or is it this is what have you done it long enough now that it's like, well, this is what mom does.
1: Right. So they're really supportive. I mean, I couldn't do all of everything that I've done without their support, which I'm grateful for every day that I get to do something that I absolutely love. Um, but our kids yeah, are definitely very honest and they definitely have their preferences and their aversions. And I just tell them, okay, tonight is not your night, but maybe tomorrow night's going to be your night. But I've never been, I've never tried to be the person who's going to like, even when they were little, make you this and you this. And it's just like, this is what's for dinner. But, um, but no, completely supportive, and um, and so it's been amazing to have that and to just be able to kind of you know grow this, and then also for the kids to see too. I mean, I'm proud of that because you know there's times where I've been told no, this is not going to work, and then you just kind of like keep going, and and then different things happen where they're excited about it. I mean, when we first moved to Texas, there were a lot of different, you know, magazines that kind of reached out and, you know, our teenage boys are not such fans of that. They are like, mom, do we, cause they would feature the family and they're like, mom, do we have to be in this photo <laughs> shoot? Because we don't really want to be in a photo shoot, but for the most part, they're very supportive. <laughs> they're supportive eaters.
0: <laughs> yes. We're going to be back and wrap up the show with Allie Romero and uh, tell you what's coming up next week and all kinds of stuff. Uh, you're listening to barbecue nation. Hey everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. I'm JT, along with uh, Hall of Famer, Ms. Leanne Whippin. We've got Allie Romero with us next week. The big guy himself, not not the guy in the White House, but Meathead is coming back. Get us fired up for the Labor Day weekend show. God, I can't believe it's Labor Day already.
2: You know, when I saw Halloween. In I was like, really?
0: Now, I, I would have just uh, laid down and, and thrown a hissy fit. I, I saw some Halloween stuff. Uh, <laughs> Shelly and I were out yesterday, one of our favorite kind of country markets, and we were in there and we were actually having a little lunch. And I looked around in this outdoor area, it's covered, but there were racks of Halloween pumpkin uh, yeah. decorations and skeletons and like that. And I'm going, man, that's like, 70 days off what are you doing right, yeah right. it's it's pretty um, crazy um ali gonna stick around for after hours too she doesn't know the abuse that's coming her way but uh-huh. we will we will share that with her here shortly okay uh, oh you've never heard like, of after hours <laughs> okay that's, that's gonna be fun um when you were doing the the TV stuff and you doing the chew, and I noticed that you said in in your bio that when you saw Michael Simon, um, who's been on the show, uh, and he's worked with Leanne, um, take a bite of your carnitas that you just went, yes, mm-hmm. that's it. Is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty surreal moment. Again, that's, that's something where these are chefs who I grew up watching and learning from and considered to be kind of, you know, mentors in a way. And, and so when they taste your food and they enjoy your food or they give a look on their face, like, Oh my God, this is incredible. I don't think, uh, as a chef, there's like a better feeling than that because it's like that validation of, okay i think it's good but if you think it's good then you know that that's just an amazing feeling i mean it was the same thing on a great food truck race cooking we had a couple of competitions where we would cook meals as a team to present to be judged for like a a tasting competition for to tyler florence and to prepare meals for him or like a dish and have him taste it and either you know, be awarded the winner or have him enjoy the the dish. I mean, those are amazing moments that I'll never forget because these are people I've looked up to for so long.
0: I was gonna tell you, they actually called me to be on that show. One of the oh, really? one, one of the shows. I wouldn't do it. But um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love I'd, it. I'd, I'd already, I think it's so much fun.
0: <laughs> I'd already done one show like I said earlier and I no. Uh I don't know how Leanne feels about that. Leanne's got a food truck, so she probably would say hell no on that deal.
1: (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Part of the reality part of it is that you can't have worked on a food truck to be on the show because I guess part of the fun, right, as an audience is watching people figure out how to Run and manage a food truck in real time, you know, along with a production crew and everything else that's there on the truck with you. And as you know, it's pretty limited space. So it's, yeah. it was an amazing experience. I'll never forget. I mean, it was Alaska. The, the producers at that point, they were casting for two different seasons and they said, okay, do you want to go somewhere warm or do you want to go somewhere cold? And I said, I definitely want to go somewhere warm. And then they sent us to Alaska in November. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were those... three California girls who showed up with like jeans and like, you know, some sort of waterproof boot. I mean, it was there were sixty mile an hour winds and oh. it was you know um, negative temperatures. It was the coldest I've I think I've ever been. I can confidently wow. say.
0: Did you drive the truck?
1: I was not the driver. Somebody who I went to culinary school. Another person I brought in for our team. She was our truck driver. And then my friend Flora and I were in kind of the you know the other car that would drive along with the truck. So yeah, I did not drive cool. the truck.
0: I think maybe they just wanted me to drive the truck. I'm not sure, you know, (laughs) probably say, no, you can't cook, but you can drive like that. Um, Where do you hope that this all takes you? Or do you even think about that?
1: I do. I mean, I. I don't know. I, I, like I said, my philosophy has always just do my best work and do it daily and put it out there and see where it leads. And that's worked out, you know, along the way sometimes there's slow points and then there's high points and you just kind of keep plugging on. I think that now that I've officially finished my first manuscript and then When the book comes out next spring, you know, we'll see how all of that goes. I'm, it was definitely a lot of work, but I'm definitely open to future cookbooks. I would absolutely love to cook on TV at any other point again or do any other culinary competitions. I'm super competitive in that regard. And so um, I don't know exactly where it's going to lead. I just keep creating and putting it out there and feeding people. And I think that that's kind of my path right now.
0: You talk about, the world of giving, um, you host a, uh, friends giving to benefit no hungry kid and that, um, and you volunteer at the world central kitchen. Um, you help feed fire victims and evacuees, first responders down to Napa fires and all that. How did you get, uh, how did you get involved with that?
1: So I think um, I've always kind of wanted to do things to give back. So the the part with No Kid Hungry started because a few years ago, or maybe it's been longer than that now at Williams-Sonoma, they started carrying, you know, they'd have chefs create Spatulas that all had their own design on it. And the, the proceeds would go to benefit No Kid Hungry. And so it sparked my interest to look into the organization and see kind of what they do. And I thought the spatulas were cute, but I just wanted to do something more. And so then when I was on the website, I read about how you could kind of be a volunteer to do a Friendsgiving where you host kind of a Thanksgiving beginning of November. You don't want to burn anybody out like too close to Thanksgiving, but you have everybody come over and you cook some dishes. Either everybody brings it potluck style or, or some years I've just created the whole meal and you ask them to donate to the cause and then you just do what you can and, and it feels good. So um, I've done that. And then on more of a local level, wherever we live, because we have kids in the school districts, um, I've always been contacted to donate, you know, auction items or, or, you know, dinners or things like that. And so I've always kind of focused in on where our kids are in school and, and giving back to education and the teachers in our community and really kind of putting my efforts there. So I, I love to give back and just do what I can uh, because it just feels good. And, and I I just consider that kind of part of the whole package.
0: I know Leanne gets involved down in Florida there and uh, she's done a lot of that. And I try to help Even out where
2: Chicago yeah. and Virginia, I did a lot. You did a lot. Chicago, they had huge events that, you know, I donate time, food, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was great experience. You know, I do, you know, dinners at the restaurant where I give 10%, you know, like to the Komen foundation or whatever it was. Um, but it, it really does make, it rounds out kind of everything that you do and it it does make you feel good for sure.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, Allie, it has been a real pleasure to have you on here. And like I said, we're going to do after hours as soon as we, uh, wrap this up here in a few seconds, but it's been a real pleasure and uh I wish you a lot of luck and I'll uh we
2: need to have her on the show when her book releases next Yes,
0: yes.
1: Yes. We'll I'd yes. love that.
0: We well we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank Allie. Allie real quick where can they find you? What's your website?
1: My website is AllieRomero.com, Allie with a Y, that's A-L-Y, Romero. Uh, Instagram is Allie Romero. Um, Facebook is Allie Romero Private Chef. So if you Google my name, there's a whole bunch of stuff that will come up.
0: (laughs) Excellent, excellent. And uh, have a good week, and remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSV LLC Productions in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.